Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Be Not Afraid cast. <clears throat> As always, it is your host, Stephen, um, still currently alone. Uh, however, someone will join us soon. Um, we left off with the Transfiguration, uh, and we're now going to move into Mark 8.14, the power of faith over a demon. When they came to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, scribes disputing with them. The, when the crowd saw them, they were amazed and ran to greet them. He asked them, What are you arguing about? Someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you. He has his spirit. That makes him unable to speak. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. And he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked Your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. He replied to them, You unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me so that they So they brought the boy to him. When the spear saw him, it immediately threw the boy into convulsions. He fell to the ground and rolled round, foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening to him? Jesus asked his father. From childhood, and many times it has thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion and help us. Jesus said to him, If you can, everything is possible. For the one who everything is possible for the one who believes. When Jesus saw that a crowd was quickly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Then it came out shrieking and throwing him into a terrible convulsions. The boy became like a corpse, so that many said, He's dead, but Jesus, taking him by the hand, raised him up, and he stood up. After he had gone into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? And he told them, This kind came, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer. Um, so what does this mean? Well, basically, uh, this demon had infected this child's soul. And Jesus was alone was able to cast it out because the disciples had relied on their own power and the mo their own selves to do it. And Jesus said, no, do not rely on yourselves. Rely on me. Rely on prayer. For only through your faith in me can Jesus, or can the demon be cast out. Which is why Jesus is the greatest among men. Which is what we go into next. Who is next? Or who is greatest? Uh, in his name. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name. And we tried to stop him because he wasn't following us. Uh, someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he wasn't following us. Don't stop him, said Jesus, because there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name who can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For whoever is against us is for us. And 
Whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, truly I tell you, will never lose his reward. Trust your brothers, you know. We are of one faith, so why be alone? Why abandon your brothers and sisters in the name of Christ when you could instead believe in them? And we go into, once again, Jesus' teaching of divorce. God made them male and female for this reason. A man will never will leave his father and mother, and the two will become flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. What God has joined together, let no one separate. I want to give that a second to sit in. Why do we as people sin against what God has given to us? Why do we as people abandon our faiths, abandon our partners? commit adultery and abuse them when God has given them to us. Why was, must we turn away from our faith? That being, now, with that being said, of course, if you find yourself in a relationship where you are in danger or the other person is committing adultery against you, by all means, Christ is not saying put yourself in danger for your marriage. You can get divorced. There is no question about it. Uh, we then talk more into, moving on, we then talk again about blessing the children, and the children being blessed among the followers of God. For God alone is merciful, and a childlike faith is what matters to God. What matters most to God is to not question him and to let him control us and to let whatever happens to us happen because of him. Um, there are times where we may be angry at God and not want to be his faithful servant anymore because what we're going through is an incredibly difficult thing because... We're struggling to discern God's will. God's will is incredibly hard to follow. Um, but we must allow God to control us and be with us. We must not allow ourselves to abandon the Lord because of our difficulties with his will. The greatest commandment, again, Cough again. The greatest commandment. Um, do not lust for yourself. Uh, not lust. Do not have greed, is what Jesus is saying. For your many possessions are what will keep you away. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Do not have greed. Keep what you need to survive. Don't give away every possible thing you own. You need things to survive for a reason. Um...
However, do not let your possessions overtake you. Give to those around you. Jesus again predicts his death. Uh, the suffering and service. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached him and said, Teacher, what you do, whatever, we want to do whatever you we ask. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached him and said, Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask you. What do you want me to do for you? He asked them. They answered him, Allow us to sit at your right and your left in your glory. And Jesus said to them, You do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We are able, they told him. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink. You will be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not mine to give. Instead, it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten disciples heard this, the reason it is ten disciples here and not twelve is James and John were already speaking with Christ. So when the ten disciples heard this, they began to be indignant with James and John. Jesus called them over and said to them, You know what those who are, who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, lorded over them, and those in high positions act as tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become, become great among you will be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you will be slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. I mean, think about that for a second. Jesus came to earth to serve humanity. He gave his life on earth to forgive the sins of man. He did not come to be worshipped, but instead to serve all of mankind. And to be not our leader, but our servant. And how amazing is that? Uh, like, like I was talking about just last episode the god created the entire universe entire beautiful universe um i was actually just looking at pictures of the james webb telescope and if you look through them there are some of the like clouds that look like people praying uh, and it is just such a beautiful sight to see um but you see this site, and the God that created that, the God that created this entire universe, this entire thing, everything was created by one God. God came down as a man. Just a person. And gave his life. Lived each day of that life he lived on earth to serve humans. To serve as the serve as a healer, to serve as a teacher, to serve as a friend, as a servant, and 
to die to forgive our sins. And that, because we will always sin against him. These rules are so easy, and yet we always break them. A lot of his, a lot of his rules, a lot of the things we do to sin, it would be easier to avoid sin than to fall for it. Because usually, a lot of the times, sin is an action and not an inaction. And yet, we still do it. We still sin. God still forgives us for taking the harder road to end up offending him. We are not worthy of this forgiveness, yet he gives it to us. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? We are not worthy of his forgiveness, and yet he still does forgive us. Every time. Every time we sin, we are immediately forgiven. Every time. Every single time we sin, we are immediately forgiven. Um, that's just amazing to me. We can continue to sin. We will always be forgiven. Uh, we move on to... Moving on in the gospel, we move on to another story of a man being healed. A blind man being restored to sight. Sorry, I just have to check something. I may have gone too far in the first episode. I did go a little too far in the first episode. Um, so where we're at now in episode is the triumphal entry. We begin the Passion of the Christ with Matthew, or Mark. We begin the Passion of the Christ with Mark 11. We don't begin the Passion per, per se, but we do begin with the triumphal entry into, into Jerusalem. The fig tree is cursed. Cleansing of the temple. The fig tree is withered. The authority of Jesus is challenged. Parable of the vineyard owner, again, being about showing mercy because we have had mercy shown on us. The Sadducees and the Resurrection, the commands, God and Kaiser, question of Christ, warning against the scribes, then his predictions of the end time and the temple's destruction, the persecution of Christians, great tribulation of the end times, the coming of the Son of Man, parable of the fig tree. Learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its branch becomes tender, it sprouts leaves. Know that you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happen, recognize he is near at the door. 
Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now concerning that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Watch, be alert, for you don't know when the time is coming. It is like a man on a journey who left his house, gave authority to his servants, gave each one of each one his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to be alert. Therefore, be alert, since you don't know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at the night, or at the crowning of the rooster, or early in the morning. Otherwise, when he comes suddenly, he might find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert. The plot to kill Jesus is anointing with oil. Preparation of the Passover is betrayal, is de Peter's denial, is mocking, crucifixion, again with uh, Again, with the one thief proclaiming God, King of Israel, and the other one taunting him. And then, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? When some of those standing heard this, they said, See, he's calling for Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, fixed it to a stick, and offered him a drink, and said, Let's see if Elijah comes, take him down. Jesus let out a loud cry and breathed his last, and the curtain of the temple was torn from two, from top to bottom. And the centurion who was standing opposite him, saw the way he breathed his last breath. He said, Truly this man was the Son of God. That centurion, for those of you who don't know, was canonized as a saint by the Holy Roman Catholic Church. His name is St. Longinus the Centurion. And he has an amazing story, uh, which we will talk about in a later episode. Maybe there is no we but I, but eventually it will be talked about in a future episode. Um, but as we were, Jesus passes away, the Marys are there. Jesus is then buried in his tomb. We get to the resurrection morning. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so they could anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, when they went to the tomb at sunrise, they were saying to one another, We will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb for us. Looking up, they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting 
by the side. They were sitting on the right side. Sitting on the right side. They were told, don't be alarmed. They were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he told them. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they put him. Go, but go, tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you. They, ran, they went out and ran from the tomb, because they were trembling in astonishment, overwhelmed. And because they because trembling and overwhelmed astonishment and over trembling and overwhelmed because trembling and astonishment overwhelmed them, and they said nothing to anyone. They were afraid. Early on the first day, early on the first day of the week, he had risen. He appeared first to Mary Magdalene of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and reported to those who had been with him. They were mourning and weeping, yet they heard that he was alive, but they had and had been seen by her, but did not believe it. After this he prepared in a different form he appeared in a different form to two of them walking their way into the country. And they did and and they went and reported it to the rest who did not believe them either. Later he appeared to the eleven themselves, and as they were reclining at the table, he rebuked their unbelief and the hardness of their hearts, because they did not believe those who saw him after he had risen. Then he went then he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. All these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons, speak in new tongues, and will pick up snakes. If they should not drink anything that if they should drink anything deadly, they will not be harmed. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. And then we get into the ascension. Where the Lord our God ascends back to the kingdom of heaven. This concludes the gospel according to Mark. Next episode, we will be talking more about Mark's life after the ascension. His life before he met Christ. Yeah, it will be a more Mark-centered episode, rather than the Gospel according to Mark. Just Mark. Um, let's end things as we always do, by praying to the Lord. I pray for the forgiveness of all of men. I pray for all of us. I pray for our future, for our brothers and for our sisters your name, and I pray for those suffering in war and famine and bloodshed, hunger. I pray for all of those who have abandoned you, have turned their backs on you, and have decided not to believe in you any longer.
I ask thee to Jesus our Lord, through you our Father, ask of the Holy Spirit. Blesses me and all Christians. Continue often our Continue spread the good word of the Lord, of the Lord. To follow his teachings and to love you, be with you always. Um, amen. I apologize to you all, all for the shorter episode. Um, had I realized, I just didn't pay attention to how far into Matthew we were getting in the first episode. And uh, now I realize I ran out of Matthew, essentially. Uh, Matthew, I keep saying that, Mark, essentially ran out of Mark and as well. Um, just couldn't keep talking. I don't know what was going on. I apologize to all of you. Um, next episode will be an hour, though. Uh, have a blessed night. God bless you all.